0: The only Ohio State sports podcast made by students for students. The Buck Stops Here.
1: Welcome to The Buck Stops Here, everybody. Episode 11. We are excited to go. We have a day full of basketball and football. First off, Nate's good buddy and extreme basketball fanatic Daquan Priest-Knuckles will be joining us to talk first NBA then, some women's and men's Ohio State basketball action. Then, of course, we will have Tim Tullian to discuss Ohio State's 62 3 win over Nebraska and then preview this game, this upcoming week's game at Maryland. First, though, in some other news around Ohio State, some athletic highlights from the past week Cassidy Sovey shut out Lindenwood University on back to back nights for the women's hockey team. Those were three to nothing and four to nothing wins for the women's Ohio State hockey team. And also, Francesca Di Lorenzo, a sophomore on the Ohio State women's tennis team, defended her 2015 title at the USTA rather ITA National Indoor Intercollegiate Championships at the Billy Jean King Tennis Center in Flushing, New York. In the final on Sunday, DiLorenzo defeated Haley Carter of the University of North Carolina 6-1 to and 6-1 to in two sets for her third overall ITA national title. And those two titles in back-to-back years for DiLorenzo are the first in Ohio State women's tennis history. Now we will be back with Daquan Knuckles. If you'd like to ask the Buck Stops here any questions, please contact us at thebuckstopshere at gmail.com or check out our Twitter page at Buck Here 8. Now, back to the show.
2: Today, we have an NBA college basketball, women's basketball guru straight out of Lima, Ohio, Kid goes by the name of Daquan Preach. Knuckles, don't forget the preach, because that's very important for What's his the name. the preach he's, for? He's going to be preaching all day today about basketball. Daquan, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How about you guys? We, we're
2: uh, we're yeah, excited to have you. We, we've, been, we've been trying to have Daquan on for a while now. We haven't really reached out to him, but we've had a lot of good guests Really excited to talk about basketball today. We haven't really got a chance to talk about basketball yet, surprisingly.
1: It's the perfect time. NBA just started. NBA and then just started. We can preview some Ohio State hoops because that just got going yesterday.
2: Yeah, and Daquan was present for the women's basketball game yesterday. I saw him on the sideline doing his thing while I was broadcasting for BTN Student U. So, Daquan, talk, well, let's go into NBA first just because, you know, it's, it's a hot topic, uh, especially with, you know, the super teams that are being formed in today's era. What do you think so far about the Golden State Warriors? I think that's definitely a big topic just because of Kevin Durant moving on.
0: Uh, you know, my take on the Golden State Warriors is uh, they're a good team. They're, they're still trying to figure it out right now. Clay, is, Clay said in the summertime he wasn't going to sacrifice anything, but it looks like he's sacrificing a lot. Oh. He, he hasn't been shooting well from three. Steph hasn't either. Um, and my Lakers just beat them the other day and stopped Steph's uh, a three point a uh, game streak at 157. So I'm happy about that.
2: So you're you're talking about how Thompson said over the offseason how he doesn't want to sacrifice because obviously that that was the big question in the media when he first moved to Golden State was all right someone's gonna have to stop taking shots and it's either gonna have to be Clay it's gonna maybe even Durant but like you said we have seen that Thompson has been taking a little bit and. Someone has to. You think it's gonna be Thompson all year round, or do you think that um, it'll change depending on the matchups?
0: Um, Draymond hasn't been taking a lot of shots either. Um, so, like, I think like both of them are like are like suffering. But the good thing about Draymond is Draymond's an all around player. Like he, you know, like he finds other ways to affect the game. His passing ability, his rebounding ability. Clay, I think Clay just has to find other ways to affect the game and uh, do what's best for the team. Cause it's just looking like like right now they don't have enough shots to go around for
1: him. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the – I was going to say the same thing. I'd say that it's, I think it's going to go back and forth between Draymond and Clay a little bit because in the first few games of the season, I feel like they've gone back and forth a little bit. But obviously, Clay's three ball hasn't been there. But uh, like you said, I agree. I agree. I think Draymond's other abilities, the defensive ability, uh, banging down low, and uh, the passing ability will come out as well. So that, that kind of takes over for the points right. scored
2: and uh the other powerhouse in the west in my opinion is probably still the san antonio spurs uh kwan can we hear a little bit of what you think about the san antonio spurs losing tim duncan having a little bit of not a new look but they're starting to develop this new type of identity can you kind of talk about that a little bit
0: uh yeah um i, I actually was great was happy to talk about them uh Kawhi Leonard's coming along very nicely um like, like, I guess you can see that he's been working out with Kobe in the off season. Mm. This is showing that he's he's becoming more more of a one on one player. Now he still has a little bit of a a little bit of moves to work on, as people will point out. But I think that he's becoming more of a one on one player and coming into his own. And um, LaMarcus Aldridge is still looking great, and they still got Paul Gasol, you know, who can um, who can take over a little bit if uh if if LaMarcus happens to be off.
2: And I know there's a lot of people that think, you know what, Warriors have it. They'll figure it out come the middle of the season. It's going to be no question Warriors win the West. Hot take for me, I think Spurs are going to win it, and I think they win the Western Conference Finals in six games.
1: Wow, that's bold. You think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs? I could see
2: them going 500.
1: I think the um, Lakers are going to at least get, like, the seven seed. Listen, they're
2: surprising me. They're def- I definitely agree they're surprising me, but um, – I do think there's gonna be kind of like this hangover after you know they they're figuring it out still I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: go ahead. Honestly, I just joined 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 the Lake Show this year. Like last year, I was I was rooting for them secretly, but I didn't want to put myself into the Lake Show because I knew the Kobe Farewell Tour was gonna be um, hard on the hard on on the younger guys. And this year, I believe that that they'll win thirty win no more than thirty five games. I'm still gonna say that even being a fan, because their road record isn't that great right now. I I mean, they're doing great at home, but they have a lot to figure out on the road. So um, I don't think that they'll make it this year, but in the next few years, they'll definitely make it.
2: And for the future of former Ohio State Buckeye D'Angelo Russell, how much potential does this guy have? Because I know firsthand that you joined this Lake show because of him. So what – potential does D'Angelo Russell have? Is he the guard that is expect that was expected of him when he was drafted?
0: Yes, um i um, I absolutely agree that he is the guard that that everyone expected. I think last year it was just a hard coach with, with Byron Scott and he was trying to give Kobe the, the the due respect. But I think this year D'Angelo's emerging as a leader as well as as well as Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson, they're all coming along well and I feel like it's not just about D'Angelo's emergence. It's about Julius and Jordan Clarkson right. as well. And they're coming along nicely. And and need I say, Swaggy P has a new nickname for me. I call him a Swaggy D because he's playing great defense this year. <laughs> he's taking a, a challenge of guarding everybody's best player. Like their first game, he guarded Harden. Last night he guarded Devin Booker when he got hot. So I'm loving Swaggy P's defense right now.
2: And so taking another turn to a couple more Western Conference teams before we move over to the East – Two teams that I think are very interesting because of the two dynamic players on the team, the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. What do you see from? Let's go first. The Thunder with only Russell Westbrook real really as a star per se. You got Oladipo, um, but I I still feel that it's really just Russ that has that identity that I continue to talk about.
0: Yeah, uh, a Russell Westbrook like like he's saying right now that um, that he doesn't think about getting tired but but i think it's going to it's going to weigh down on him later in the season because he's always had Kevin Durant so we so we haven't had to carry a huge load like how we had to this year um i think Stephen Adams coming along really nicely too oh the big but, men are great yeah but it's just it's it's still just just russ's show and i i feel like they they could potentially sneak an AFC, but I'll, I'm not sure. Well, you know,
2: what I think they're actually going to do is, so they're going to make they're going to let this roster ride to the trade deadline however, to the All-Star break and I think that they're going to go after somebody, they need to go after somebody for the second half of the season, because once they get that
1: second score. You think score, they'll go
2: after somebody instead of trade Russ? They're not trading Russ.
1: You don't think so? No. no and I don't think
2: Russ wants Russ. to leave. I think Russ wants to prove, prove something not only to I the public him, I wanted him to come back to
1: the Lakers so bad last year.
2: I mean, yeah, he's from that area, right? Yeah, he's from yeah, he's from right by me. So, um I think that if I think that he wants to win in Oklahoma City, I think that he wants to get another player to join him. I think that the biggest thing is though, he needs to get the right piece. Because although that you know, yeah, yeah. they had Durant and Westbrook, what a great two set of players. I just don't think they vibe
1: together and Who's the do either of you have an opinion on who that might be? I'll let him go first.
0: I don't know, like um I don't have an opinion but a lot of people just i've been hearing this this bizarre thing lately from a lot of people they said Anthony Davis needs to just go ahead and get traded to there and I'm like I don't think he's going to leave solely because half of his team is out right now but
2: personally it needs to be a shooter that can just uh go wing to wing um not going to not going to take the ball one on one um I'd love to say uh mellow would be a perfect fit with him simply because i think Melo is a great number two number three option even though i'd I, even though i'd be sad to see him leave new york i think that um a russell westbrook and mellow combination is definitely possible uh it could be up in the air i think that uh a trade can go down between the two i don't know how the salary would work out with that but um someone like that someone that i mean don't get me wrong Melo is a one-on-one player that can't that is going to take balls out the dribble but someone that is willing to shoot on the wing. Agreed.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, and then so for the Rockets,
2: James Harden's an animal.
0: Yeah, but
1: <laughs> I think he's gonna win the MVP.
0: I'm not. He I'm, wants
1: it bad. That's I'm, my preseason prediction. I'm not
0: gonna say that because I think D'Antoni's the perfect coach for him. All all offense, no defense. Just yep. just push the ball up court and do what you can. But. I'm gonna say say this right now. I've been telling everybody this too. I don't think the Rockets are going to make make the playoffs solely off of that alone. They don't play any type of defense, and it's. I mean, Clint Capella's coming along very nicely. I thought that man. I I didn't know that he would that he would be this this good. He's he's coming into his own, but they just don't play any defense, and that's and that's going to hurt them in the long run.
2: And uh, so now, kind of shifting over to the East. Uh, who is the most overlooked team, you think, in the East? I think there's so many teams in the East this year that have the potential to do something, um, whether it's make the playoffs f- for the first time in a while or make a run. Um, I definitely see the Cavs are still on top. Okay. Cavs are moving the ball very well. They're yeah. playing a lot of good, solid, quality basketball. But who's, like, an overlooked team?
0: Uh, that's an easy question. The The Chicago Bulls. I feel like Dwayne Wade is, like, when they made the trade for Tony Snell and and Michael Carter-Williams, I was like, this has to be one of the stupidest trades I've seen because they're letting go of a great shooter for a terrible shooter. And I could see what it was for for defensive purposes, but Dwayne Wade's taking a a, a good stride in the shooting area. He's making – he's shooting the ball pretty well from three and from mid-range. So I, I think that they're an overlooked team. And, um, I think Jimmy's, they're an overlooked team for now. Yeah, Jimmy's still because going well. because
2: let's let's be honest. Dwayne Wade is gonna have a stretch when he's gonna be injured this year.
0: That is true. That he is always
2: true. gets injured. I don't care uh, what kind of offseason he had, whether he was resting all all freaking summer. This guy gets injured pretty much every season, and he's only getting older. So. I feel
1: like Dwayne Wade. Like you could have like kind of what Rasheed Wallace used to do. Like when he was when he was real old. Just don't play it all during the regular season until like the last fifteen games. Use that as your tune-up, and then you know hop in when it comes playoff time. I, I like obviously that's you know it kind of ruins the ruins the team aspect of the sport and everything. But I mean, the way basketball is right now, if you go five hundred, you could probably hop into the seven or eight seed. Oh yeah,
2: especially in the Eastern Conference. Yeah,
1: and I mean why? I mean the Bulls could easily do that with you know, I guess Rondo and Butler right. alone.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, there's, I think, I just think that there's a lot of teams that uh, that are starting to get to the level that they need to be for postseason basketball. And I mean, my my Knicks, I think, are going to make the playoffs this year. I think that they've been showing some great promise. One, and uh, I think Brandon Jennings calling out uh, DeAndre Russell might have been a, a good thing. I don't know.
0: One but, thing uh, about the Knicks, though, they just have to get a better bench. <laughs> Like oh, what you yeah. were saying, in the in in the um, in this All Star break, this trade deadline, they got to get somebody else because right now their bench is only looking like Vernon Jennings, Kyle Quinn, is is another name on the bench, but he doesn't really do much scoring, so they just have to get somebody else. And Joe King Noah needs to stop shooting jumpers. He cannot <laughs> shoot. Just just hang it up. You cannot shoot. Shoot. You don't even have the right form to shoot. So just stop shooting the ball. Derrick Rose is looking really
2: nice. Derrick Rose is looking nice. But uh, going back to the bench topic, I think that um, my biggest thing with the Knicks bench is they have the opportunity. They have a really young guy in Porzingis, and I think we've talked about this separately and privately, but um, if you start Porzingis in the starting lineup with Joaquin Noah at the 4-5, and and then... When the second team comes on, you keep Porzingis in the game and then go into a rotation. I think that's the smartest decision for the Knicks because they need a scorer in that second team. And Brandon Jennings is not going to be that scorer. Uh, he's a point guard. He is only six foot, six foot one, um, if that. And yeah, he has no. He has he has no. He doesn't really have much strength, so he's not going to be able to body guys in the lane. Um, we we saw an incredible performance of him in his, in his rookie year with the Bucks, but. I thought that was kind of like iffy because you know it's his rookie year. No one really knows who he is. People are able to game plan against him now. I just don't see Brandon Jennings being that guy, which they looked him to be in the second team. If you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Um. Um. I know neither. Um. I think that he has come along uh, uh more nicely too, like as a point guard, because. Like you said, it said his first few years with the Bucks, he was he was more of a scorer, and then when he went to uh, Detroit, he became more of a passer. Right. So um, I feel like he he he's good in that sense, but he can't score as much as he used to anymore. And I still feel like the Achilles is the the Achilles set him back a little bit because he's not as explosive as he used to be.
2: Right. And you know, but the problem with him being a passer now also is that he needs those guys to pass to, so he can't be passing to O'Quinn on the short corner and expecting to get five assists like in the game like he's mm-hmm. not going to that guy's just not efficient. What Anyways, about, we could talk about okay, NBA day. What about long.
1: what about the Cavs now? We got to talk, ca- yeah, talk about yeah, the Cavs. Yeah, we do got to talk we about the Cavs. We do are definitely in Ohio. Call him, Why aren't you a Cavs fan?
0: Um, well, am I He doesn't not like a Cavs, to follow. Man. He doesn't like to follow everybody I else. I don't like 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 following what everybody else likes. And But they're your hometown team. No. Technically no.
2: We figured this out last year. He from where he's from, he's actually closer to the Indiana Pacers.
0: Yes, very. Yes, uh, a few Which, minutes closer. But I'm
2: glad he's not an Indiana Pacers fan because yeah. But I don't like the Pacers. So.
0: Um, another thing with the Cavs is too. You say all you want to say about me. I don't think LeBron would have came back if they didn't have have Kyrie, and Kevin Love. I don't think he really? would have came back. I I do not because I think that 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 LeBron believes he needs that that second score and and he knows it now. Like as he's seen. Like as he saw in Miami, and Kyrie's a Kyrie's a dynamic scorer who who LeBron can defer to in the fourth quarter. So I he mean, LeBron have to do
2: LeBron plays like he's the point guard of that team. Yeah, so yeah. And he I, needs and, to. He should yeah. because
0: Kyrie's not a passer. Kyrie's more of a scorer.
2: Yeah, and LeBron definitely moves the ball around the the court very well. He has amazing vision for his height and his stature. But um, um, yeah, I mean, what I've seen from the Cavs so far, especially in the opening night against the Knicks, uh, pretty much the only full game I've watched of them is that. Instead of last year, where they would go in these slumps, where they would go one-on-one, whether it was Kyrie or um, Shumpert or JR when they came in off the bench, uh, they're not doing that. They're they're playing team basketball. and I think they realized in that stretch when they were down 3-1 against the Warriors that when they move the ball, they are deadly because yeah, Jr. Smith the is open. For the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, all about the temple And when because when Jr. Smith is open and when he he's like a microwave how he heats up, yeah. and then um, woo, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then Shumpert does his thing, especially on defense. And you know LeBron will hit a shot here and there, but he moves the ball well. And then Kyrie able to take pretty much any defender one on one. I think that guy literally Awful has terrible, yeah. the best ball handling skills in the league. That's a that's a that's also arguably with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook in the league, but you know, and um, most creative yeah, sure. definitely most creative. And he's able to, uh, you know, take contact in the lane, but still get the ball up off the mm-hmm.
1: glass, put some English on it. I don't know. He's he's a really incredible yeah. talent. But anyways, yeah. Why don't we take? Why don't we get Quan's NBA Finals prediction? Then yeah. we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with Ohio State. I like groups.
3: it.
0: Oh, my NBA Finals prediction. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go with. I know Nate said this first <laughs> earlier, but I'm going to take take the Warriors just off a of, off a of share talent alone. I feel like in the second half of the season they'll figure it all out, and um, of course the Cavs. That's 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 that's, so that's going to be again. And what? Yeah, I think. think it goes to seven again? A retake. Um, if the Warriors get it together, they they'll get it. Um, the thing with the Warriors, you got to just pick pitch. one though,
2: because we can't we can't be going okay. yeah if, okay. if and that if and that if and that.
0: Well, i want to take the Warriors. Wow. Again. And I'm how many say games? The Warriors, I'm gonna say it's say it's gonna go seven.
2: Oh, wow. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so how does that game end up? Is it gonna be like close or are they gonna blow him out?
0: I think it might no, I think Kevin Durant is going is going to just go off like he did against the Thunder. I think I think it's gonna be a blowout. Yeah, off. I feel I like think yeah, Kevin, Durant's Kevin Durant's go Durant off. when
2: he wants to do something, he does it. Yeah. Did you this, see him talking all that trash? This,
0: oh man, that's that was my favorite game of the year so far i just loved it i i wanted russ to talk more but they stopped him in the paint so much he couldn't even he couldn't even talk or talk or get going all
2: right and that will do it for our nba segment when we get back we'll talk about what we saw yesterday in the ohio state women's and men's basketball daquan knows a lot about the women's basketball especially we'll be right back this is the buck stops here This is Nick Schilke.
3: This is Shayla Cooper. This is Yanni Pavlopoulos of the Ohio State baseball team, and you're listening to the Buck Stops Here.
2: And we're back here on the Buck Stops Here. Daquan Preach Knuckles in the building. And now it's time to talk about some college basketball. Yesterday, both the Ohio State Mm -hmm. men's and women's team had scrimmages. The women's team played against Ashland University, and the men's played against Walsh University, both Division II teams. Daquan was on hand for the women's team, so let's talk about the women's team first. Women's team comes in the season ranked number seven, and last year I covered the women's team for majority of the year, and they had an upsetting finish, losing to Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament, losing to Tennessee in the NCAA tournament, when their expectations were pretty high. I have a question before we
1: start this. Okay, bit. yeah, sure. Quan, why are you such a big women's basketball fan at Ohio State? <laughs>
0: Uh, here's my thing. <laughs> you should have <laughs> seen his eyes on light up all day. I that. I can go on all day on this topic. I just love basketball, period. And um, when the NBA's over, the WNBA starts. So I started with WNBA basketball watching that. And then in high school, I was really big on, like, high school hoops. And I saw this girl, Kelsey Mitchell, when I was – like a junior she was a sophomore she was ranked number one in the nation and i'm like this girl is really good i'm like i want i'm like i want to see her play in person i want to meet her play in person and she's from ohio she's from cincinnati i'm from lima so i'm like you know ohio thing and then she came here and when she came here I, I already knew i was coming here so i was like i'm gonna watch her play every chance i get
2: and man uh just another thing to throw out there with him his and kelsey mitchell's relationship whenever he wants to say hi to Kelsey Mitchell. She always gives a nice wave back to Daquan. I've seen it firsthand. Love to see it. Yeah. And, you know, um, but yeah, anyways. So, yeah, they come into the se- They come into this season ranked number seven. And, like I said, very upsetting finish for the expectations they had, especially with Amherst Olson in her senior year last year. Kelsey Mitchell, after coming off an incredible freshman season. And, um, facing a tough Michigan State team with Ariel Powers, who's now in the WNBA. So, Daquan, what can we see this year? Uh, What did you see yesterday that you liked? And is this team hungry, like, from last year's experience?
0: Um, What I liked is Kelsey seems to be trusting her teammates more. Um, Me and Nate spoke about this on a separate occasion uh, yesterday about the game, and um, Nate was saying that – and it makes sense to me, Nate Nate was saying that last year – Kelsey was looked at more to score, and Amers was looked at more to uh, make the plays. And now it's Kelsey's time turn to make the plays. And I feel like this year she trusts her teammates more, so I like that. Um, I like we were we were shooting very well in the warmups. Mm-hmm. I like the length of our team too. We have some some pretty long. That
2: is a tall
1: women's long, basketball team. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we have a pretty tall team. So who are yeah, some are I like.
1: who are some of the players to watch on the women's basketball team? Well, uh, definitely our former
2: guest, Shayla Cooper, yeah, Shayla. Uh, she is on the rise um, as far as WNBA stock. Uh, yes. She. Ha- this is her last year, 6-2 forward, but she's extending her game out to the uh, perimeter, which is really impressive, making her almost look like a shooting guard small forward, which is kind of weird because we've seen her play right. the power forward, even the center last year because right. yeah, she compared
1: a, herself to lebron james yeah, she, she could do it all she
2: said that on the she said that on the show she said I that just, she, rep- she prepared she relates herself I to just,
0: LeBron James. i like that that comparison because she's very physical when she gets into the lane she finishes And uh yesterday when no one else could score they would give shayla the ball and she would go in and, and make plays happen so i like that that comparison um i just um of course Shayla's a, a person to look out for Sierra Calhoun is one to look out for she has a nice jumper and a nice sister a of nice, Omar Calhoun a nice handle too, I loved her step back yesterday oh yeah,
2: she's, she's a great off the ball guard yeah. and, and really we're going to see her I think they'll design some plays for her too because yeah, they should. her they should. shot is very nice and you know she was hitting a lot of shots from behind the arc yesterday and yeah, I definitely uh, do still believe that Kelsey Mitchell is going to be more of a I do think that her points are going to drop, unfortunately, this year, but those assist numbers will really go up.
3: Yeah,
0: um, she shot good shots yesterday. Kelsey did, but they just weren't going in. Um, I think that those will, that those will happen to go in, but um, yeah, yeah. And
2: so, lastly, uh before we move on to the men's, how do you think this team stacks up against the South Carolina and the UConn? Yeah, what are
0: your expectations they, for the team? From what I saw yesterday. This hurts me to say, but they don't stack up very well because their defense wasn't there. There, the the intensity wasn't there. They couldn't move laterally, and like I was, and like I said earlier, they have the length to bother these teams on defense. They have um a freshman at uh Jessen karetti I think that's her last name. Yep. She she's she's really long, but she moves like a guard. Yes, she have does. Um. Um. Kiara Lewis, she's 6'1, she moves to, she is a guard. And she
2: played really well she yesterday. She really took well. the ball to the hoop every time yeah. and, and and you the know she kind right of Oh yeah, and she got the and one and yeah, she's definitely a good freshman this year. She
0: has to work on her free throw game though. She she, she Yeah, but you know, it's beginning of
2: the lot. season. They they've only had what, like 30 practices or something yeah. like that, so it will continue to get better as the year goes on. Yep. And you know, uh, I had to do some breaking news right now cuz I just got a phone update. I know this definitely relates back to Daquan and I, but Ace Hood just dropped a mixtape, so oh, I'll wow. be checking that out. That was that's BC, uh, that's BB four.
0: Oh okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. That's yesterday. one of Daquan's I, I mean, favorite had, guys. I, I, that's my. Fi- that's one of my favorite guys. He has. He currently is. Uh, he has the most music in my iPod right now. So, um, yeah, if that says anything too. Yeah. Ace
2: Hood. all right all right how about how about this men's team okay how about this men's team yeah so they played against walsh yesterday um, I think the first person we should definitely highlight is Jaquan Lyle. He, yeah, he who came, like
1: who who are players to watch this season? Because last year it was kind of a group effort. I felt like well, so yeah. I mean, last year, last year out? we said the
2: same thing. Last year we said that oh, we gotta look out for this Jaquan Lyle yeah. guy because he's filling in the shoes of D'Angelo Russell last year. Yeah. So think about those expectations coming. He was in. a five-star point
1: guard. Coming oh in, yeah, right? coming yeah. out of Huntington yeah.
2: Prep, some great talent, including Andrew Wiggins, who came out of there, and <laughs> so. Um, Jaquan Lyle uh, really impressed me yesterday. He was definitely calm, cool, and collected when he brought the ball up. He pushed the ball a lot more than he did last year. I think that's what we always talked about. We're like, why doesn't Jaquan push the ball? He's 6'5". He He has this length, but he's never pushed the ball. And another thing that he did really well yesterday that I don't know if we ever talked about, but last year he made too many long passes that would get intercepted, too many turnovers. Yesterday he was smart. And he made short passes that were the right decision. He, w- I mean, you do like to see your point guard take risks sometimes with his passes, mm-hmm. but when you have the length of Ohio State, and he's even, a he's a pretty big point guard, isn't he? Oh, he's six yeah, five. He's six, yeah. uh, he, y- if you look at him, you're like this guy could play small forward. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: um, I think that 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 that, getting, that him getting smarter on offense comes from um this summer he went to a um a Chris Paul camp and he played against a a Victor Oladipo on, on the Thunder. He actually hit a nice crossover on him and made him fall. So, um, hmm. And and he said An um, after that that uh, that they had some nice discussions and he was talking. They were having like a, like a Big Ten discussion and stuff like that. So I think that that helped out Jaquan a lot this year with his confidence and uh, playmaking ability.
2: And another player that, you know, he's in his senior campaign this year, Mark Loving, last year we ha- saw him have some troubles because, you know, with the loss of D'Angelo Russell, he was looked upon at first as the premier scorer for that team, and I personally don't see Mark Loving as a first-scoring option. I see him as a spot-up shooter. He has such a smooth shot, and it should be a drive and kick to him if he's going to be scoring, especially on a half-court set offense.
0: I agree. Um, Mark is a great shooter, and um, we've seen his, his percentages drop last year because he was trying to take shots off the dribble a lot. Um, and. As opposed to with D'Angelo Russell, he shot fifty percent from three and fifty percent from um from field goal range. So I, I look at Mark as a driving kick player as well.
2: And so um, the one freshman that started in the lineup yesterday, Micah Potter. What do you what do you think? Because you know Trevor Thompson was in the starting lineup last year for a good amount of time. Then they took him out, put Daniel Giddens in. Daniel Giddens now transfer to Alabama. But what do you think about putting the freshman over? Um, Trevor Thompson, do you think that that lineup will stick or do you think that Trevor Thompson will eventually get in the lineup?
0: Um, if Trevor Thompson starts being lazy, he'll get in the lineup. Um, oh. I think that Shots they, fired by Clark. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Looks like though. Trevor Thompson's somebody, not coming on this show anytime somebody, soon. Somebody has to hear it. Somebody has to tell him, um, I think that they put Micah Potter out there because because he's a freshman. You know, he mm-hmm. just came out of high school from, modern, I mean, from Mount Verde Academy where stars like D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons came from. And that I totally forgot he was from there. Um, I
1: announced games for his brother this summer for baseball. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, Caleb Potter. He goes to West Virginia.
0: And he just has, you know, I'm I'm assuming since, since he's a freshman that he has that energy that Coach Amada is looking for.
1: Yeah, not only
2: energy, but he – he was—he almost had this. He made me feel like he was more than a freshman when he was out there because I was calling the game yesterday and in warmups, he's—he's he's pumping players up. He's talking like a leader, and at first I'm like, "You're only a freshman, kid," but you love to see that out of guys that are only freshmen because they want to make a statement. They don't—he doesn't care about what his role is on the team. He wants to win games, and I think that's what the motivation really it needs to happen in this Ohio State men's basketball program because we've heard stories. From D'Angelo Russell, that he's told the media that, yeah, when I was at Ohio State, not many of the players were actually getting in their individual work by themselves. I think he mentioned. Remember, he mentioned something about only can He only saw Cam Williams really in the gym by himself.
0: Yeah, that, and and it showed at games because, um, I didn't go to too many games. I only went to one game last year. But when but when D'Angelo was here, I would I went to every game, and I would go to the games two hours early. And he would be the only one out there shooting, like just out there shooting. So you saw that 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 he was trying to get better. That and
2: time and preparation is so key in today's basketball game, especially with all these players that are trying to go one and done to the
1: pro leagues. Yeah. So so what are the expectations for the men's basketball team? It sounds like you guys are just are saying right now that you think they're a little bit too lazy to be successful. They got to have that drive to uh, to have success first in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's a tough. Yeah. conference to play college basketball in, and then of course when it comes to uh, the tournament you always want to be able to hop in the tournament but, but what are your guys' realistic expectations for this team this season?
2: I really do see them making the tournament and I also do see them being like the third or the fourth seed in the Big Ten oh. and um, I think it's because one, uh, interesting statistic is that Coach Mata has never had a team uh, below 20 wins so he knows how to get things done and uh he has he has the two new assistant coaches this year, and they also have a really great experience, and they're not going to let their team be lazy, even though you know we're talking about that but um they have some they have some great talent, and I think that they are what I saw yesterday is they're on the verge of finding something special, a great unit, and I do see them making a run in the big Ten tournament if but I don't see them going too far in the Seattle tournament but I definitely see them making it
0: yeah Colin? um. Yeah. um. I think that they'll be all right. Um I didn't get to see the game yesterday, but I like read up on it and um this guy CJ Jackson seems like he's seems like he's uh going to be really good. Seems like he's coming along nicely. Um he was in JUCO. I'm not sure where did he come from yeah? No, you he, came no, but
2: he did come from a JUCO school. He's,
0: and he was highly touted. Um I think that he'll that he'll be um a great spark for us off the bench um Definitely. coming in after Jay Quan.
2: I think that will do it for our basketball segment today on The Buck Stops here. Jake Juan thanks for coming in, man.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: All right, and when we get back, we'll be talking to the one and only Tim Tully about football. The colorblind coordinator. The color colorblind coordinator. Now. I think I might have heard him enter the building. But anyways, we'll be right back. This is The Buck
1: Stops here. It's time to head to the gridiron and talk about the men of scarlet and gray. This is the State of the Shoony. All right, everybody, it is that time. As always, we have Tim Tully back on the buck stops here to talk about the state of Ohio State football, the colorblind coordinator, colorblind colorblind play-by-play guy coming up with these Maryland uniforms. How you doing, Tim?
3: I'm doing great. I just saw the Maryland uniforms. They just popped across my Twitter feed. Not excited to call that game with red jerseys and very, very light black numbers going on. All red, head to toe, trying to outred the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, maybe they'll win that aspect of the game wearing mm-hmm. more red. I don't know about yeah. the rest. I
1: think we should probably. I think we could start something here at the Buck Stops here with Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio for the Cure. Uh, colorblind Lives Matter.
3: Yeah, it's been in my Twitter bio for months now. I, I, it's something I feel very strongly about. The Color Rush last year yeah. really opened a lot of eyes to to issues that no pun created, intended that have been you know that have been penetrating our community and. As a colorblind spokesperson, I feel that we've been underrepresented, even though it's 10% of men in the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: the cones and rods are not being penetrated by the light correctly.
3: You know, it, We're being discriminated against. I, I think it's time to take a stand. And, and this game at Maryland, I hopefully Ohio State <clears> says, you know what, you can't wear jerseys like that. It's not fair, man. And puts them right into the ground.
1: I mean, before we get into the uh, preview for Maryland, let's talk the beatdown. Sixty-two to three, over the Huskers of Corn from Nebraska.
3: (laughs) Just unbelievable performance from Ohio State coming right out of the gate, and everybody knows why they did it, because they got Curtis Samuel the ball early, they got Curtis Samuel the ball often, and he's a Co-Big Ten player, the offensive player of the week because of
1: it. Co-Big Ten offensive player of the week, only player in the nation right now. With 500 yards receiving, 500 yards rushing, and that should essentially be 600-600 as he's at 599 rushing, something like 650 receiving. Heisman!
3: Heisman! Unfortunately for Curtis Samuel, he was very underrepresented in the biggest, I I would say other than Wisconsin, you know, the national eyes were on that Penn State game, and he was very underutilized, so he's not going to get that same exposure that maybe – Some other players, maybe some some, some players that come in in garbage time and make long touchdown runs when they're up by 45 points may get. But Curtis Samuel's done what he needs to do to put Ohio State in a position to make a run here, beat Michigan, and go into the Big Ten Championship with a great shot to make the playoff. And Nebraska was the first test on that journey, playing Nebraska, then playing at Maryland and at Michigan State. Michigan State's a noon game, by the way, so it just shows you how far they've fallen this season. That's normally... 8 o'clock game it has been the last two years Noon game there, Maryland at 3.30 And then the biggest game in college football With the highest stakes You can say, you know, LSU, Alabama what, Whatever, no, the no, stakes no. will not be higher In any college football game Even until you get to the national championship mm-hmm. The Michigan-Ohio State game Will be back to being The number one appointment game of the year And after Ohio State embarrassed Nebraska In Columbus this weekend Just a dominant performance Two defensive touchdowns 62 to 3. 3 points by the Nebraska Cornhuskers who played the Ohio State second string for the entire fourth quarter. But they did not have their quarterback for the second half of that game.
1: They had their quarterback in a way for the second half of that game, Tim. I have absolutely no idea how or why Tommy Armstrong Jr. came back to the football stadium known as the Shoe in full street clothes minutes after being dumped at the hospital. By an ambulance. The guy was literally motionless, knocked out, ice cold, blackout, on the sideline, being covered up by what looked like a million guys. I thought he was dead. I thought a guy was a I thought a human being was a blanket that was over Tommy Armstrong Junior as they were putting him on the cart and my heart dropped because I legitimately thought the young man was dead. Then we see the ambulance come on, they take him to the hospital, then the second half begins, and they show him on camera walking back into the stadium concussion protocol much like like you're concussed you have to stay in a black room for like five days this guy's coming into the brightest stadium in football five minutes after being knocked out cold what
3: yeah it was a scary moment as he laid down there on the turf I'm glad he's all right I don't know why he came back either but I'll take a little different stance I was very glad he came back I think it
1: oh 100% glad it was an awesome moment I mean the Ohio State crowd started chanting his name it was sweet but come on
3: one thing too I felt like When he came back out, if this was a close game, Ohio State would have lost the game. You know, that's the kind of boost that a team could have used to lift them. Unfortunately, it was it was a forty point game at that time. Had this game
1: had this game been in Nebraska, they might have made the forty point comeback.
3: No, they weren't. Nobody was making a forty point comeback in this Ohio State team. I don't care if it was the two thousand seven New England Patriots. This team came out dominant. Came out in a mission five hundred ninety yards. 34 first downs in this game. Unbelievable. They would have beat Nebraska by 31 had they only counted their own first downs instead of points. But looking forward, I mean, there's not too, too much to say about this game. JT Barrett got it going down the field. Ohio State kept trying down the field to try to build his confidence. They certainly were successful in doing that. Nebraska really unable to do anything. That first pick six really ended the game in a sense, saying, you know, the crowd was into it, the crowd was great the other night, the first quarter especially, and then later in the game even still very, very loud. But like Urban Meyer said, you know, we won that game, and now we have an opponent against Maryland on Saturday.
1: All right, so I suppose with that you're ready to get into this Maryland confusion. There's going to be a whole lot of red. Turtles versus Buckeyes, real exciting. A couple of shells going at it. Uh, what What are you seeing early on here, early in the week, against the Terrapins?
3: Well, Michigan scored 59 on Maryland. It was 59 to three, three points less than Ohio State scored on Nebraska. And I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer tried losers. to up, tried to upstage Jim Harbaugh this week and score more than 60 points on Maryland. This is a team that just hasn't been very. They they have been pretty good earlier in the year. They thought they were going to be able to get ranked, and they've faltered lately, especially in the conference. They've only gone two and four in the conference, and they're two and two at home.
1: Stacked Big Ten conference right now, stacked
3: incredibly stacked and so it's just crazy i mean you have ohio state averaging 44 44 45 points a game maryland's averaging just under 30 and maryland's allowing 27 and a half per game and they're allowing 417 offensive 430 yards a game they're allowing more than they're getting ohio state is doubling up what they are offering there so it Nothing says Maryland should compete in this game, nonetheless. I mean, they lost to Penn State 38-14, lost to Minnesota 31-10. They beat Michigan State. They lose to Indiana, and then they got pounded by Michigan on Saturday. So, there's not a lot to look forward to. You feel like this is maybe one of those games where they could even not give the ball to Curtis Samuel and still dominate, but I think they will. They'll try to build up his confidence and look for them to keep attacking downfield with JT Barrett and try to get more comfortable, and try to get some more of the deep throws on tape, so teams will have to respect that down the stretch.
1: All right, is there anything good about Maryland that you can say? Anything to watch out for if you're Ohio, Ohio State?
3: Well, their quarterback Perry Hills is all right. He's thrown ten touchdowns, three interceptions.
1: Didn't Perry Hills tear us up a little bit last year, yeah, he was rushing good. the football?
3: He was. He came in, was done, did pretty well, and then they have a couple good. You know, they, the running backs have a good amount of yards. Sixty nine carries, six hundred thirty five yards their top back, Johnson. And then, you know, D.J. Moore is all right. 30 catches, 466 yards. Ty Johnson, the running back out of Cumberland, Maryland, backed by my hometown there. D.J. Moore, 30 receptions, 466 yards, five touchdowns. But he has, I mean, their leading receiver has 22 less catches than Curtis Samuel, who's a, you know, he's an H-back. So they're just not potent. D.J. Durkin, the coach of that team, uh, coming from the Michigan staff, his, his, he just got dominated by Michigan. So, this is a team where you're getting maybe they'll be a little pissed off after getting embarrassed, but this is the wrong team. to take It's not, yeah, it's take not your like frustrations they can do a whole lot. Out. Yeah, you're, you're going to have a lot of trouble taking your frustrations out against Ohio State. And Ohio State knows what they need to do. And last week's win against the number 10 team in the country, people are sleeping mm-hmm. on that like, oh, it's just Nebraska. But hey, you know what? They were number 10 in the country. So. You know, LSU was number 19 in the country. Alabama beat Mm -hmm. them
1: Mm 10-0. You never want to circumcise a mosquito about things, but what is it this week that Ohio State has to do? What's the game plan?
3: Show up. Put your pads on. Show up. Walk in the field.
1: That's it? It's as simple as that?
3: Yep. In fact, this week we're not even going to do score predictions. I want to introduce the confidence level. Dylan and I, we're gonna go through. We're gonna go through our confidence level for the Ohio State game this week. And my confidence level is a hundred and one percent. A hundred and one percent. Last week it was probably wavering Yikes. around a sixty-five, seventy, just after what had happened, Yikes. and after coming out like that, Ooh. through the roof, through, through the roof. This week, I think Ohio State knows what they need to do. This is not a trap game, frankly, because Maryland doesn't have any cheese to trap them with.
1: Wow, that was crazy right there it's poetry right oh my god just poetry in motion really as i just watched it roll off your lips but i think i'm going to be a little bit more uh realistic than you maybe you're being completely realistic with 101 percent, but i'm just going to say for for the sake of football as not to jinx ohio state i'll say 92 percent confidence rate from Dylan Tyre. and that 8 is just everything goes wrong and we lose jt barrett curtis samuel mike weber for the season all same same game
3: I think Joey Burrow would shred this team. I think he would, too, honestly. I think he would absolutely shred this team. We came in the other day. I really have no doubt in my mind Ohio State will win this weekend by how much is kind of the standard. And, you know, if they get hot early on and start like they did yeah. against Nebraska, there's nothing to say they can't score as many points as they did on Nebraska. And it would be a good look to kind of see the same kind of defensive formation that Michigan runs.
1: One thing, one thing, Tim, um, that – Urban just announced at his press conference about 30 minutes ago that Mike Weber is going to not practice with contact this week because he has a sprained shoulder. Do you? See, but he said he, he'll be available for the game on Saturday. Do you see a point in him even playing? DeMario McCall has run the football extremely well in his time that he's seen it.
3: Yeah, McCall. I mean, they have so many weapons. That, DeMario
1: McCall actually led Ohio State in rushing this last 73
3: week. 73 yards for DeMario McCall, and he's going to – they're going to see Curtis Samuel return some punts this week which is exciting with McCall also getting some time after Dontre Wilson dropped another punt last week. That's my number one concern for Nebraska, you know. This, that, that's something we've always worried about, and that was really the only negative in the game the other day. Uh, Nebraska getting that field goal on their second drive, but obviously it stopped them inside the red zone to do that. But going back to your main point about Mike Weber, you know, if he's not 100%, I think you can afford to dress him and not give him the rock, you know. If you really yeah. need him, you could get him in there. there's no reason for him to take shots in this game
1: yeah especially with something like a shoulder a sprained shoulder it's it's never a fun injury it's and it's it's a dangerous injury too because it makes that shoulder susceptible to popping out and then that's a chronic thing I mean hit after hit your shoulder's eventually going to pop out you can never really be a hundred percent speaking from experience myself I dislocated both my shoulders and I'm still still messed up from those I'll never be the same can't put the hands above the head so if you're Curtis Samuel touching the rock a whole lot I think you want to be patient and careful with that if you're the Ohio State medical and coaching staff. I wouldn't want to rush things too much before we got a couple important games coming up. All right, now, Tim, you want to head over to uh, Buckeyes in the NFL?
3: Yep, and all of you looking at the games, the Cleveland Browns-Dallas Cowboys game, obviously a lot of Buckeyes going on there. Five catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. And then for Terrell Pryor, then 18 carries, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott in his return to Ohio He flashed up an OHIO After his first touchdown I was in the house yesterday.
1: was that disrespect Or was that homage to Ohio State I couldn't tell
3: Well, based on the amount of number 21 And number 15 jerseys in the stands uh, It was probably 65 To 75% Cowboys Fans at least yesterday A lot of Browns fans selling their season tickets To let people come up There were a lot of little kids with the Zeke jerseys on The parents had the Browns jerseys so you knew it was like the passing of the torch. They were allowing their kids to escape wow. escape the grips of the Cleveland Browns as a team they root for. So there was a lot of love for Zeke, and there were people hanging around, very happy to see him. The whole crowd, after every run, was giving him the Zeke, you know, kind of Ohio State treatment yesterday, which was very good to see. And, you know, he's he's a beast. He's, he's rolling this year. Another Buckeye who's doing pretty pretty well this year, Mike Thomas. He had five catches, 73 yards two touchdowns including one like fantastic over the shoulder catching banged in the end zone still able to pull it down and we like, also saw the first career touchdown for Jalen marshall game winning receiving touchdown even he didn't do a lot receiving for ohio state he did more of the return h-back role but he was very good and he had a great touchdown that was the game winner or not was a pro- going to be the game winner for the jets Until the Jets kicked the ball off. Miami took it back for a touchdown and then won that game. So, just Jets being Jets right there. But Jalen Marshall's done a good job as well. Joey Boza all over the place once again yesterday. He's a – I don't know if you've seen the video floating around, Dylan, but Joey Boza can do a backflip.
1: Can you really? I haven't seen that. Flip.
3: He only had one tackle yesterday.
1: Yeah, Joey Boza had a couple of bad penalties, too. I was watching his game. He bu- he hopped off sides on back-to-back plays. We've seen that before. Last yeah. year's
3: Michigan State game, a lot of people criticizing him for jumping off sides a couple times. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the Ravens, but Ryan Shazier, nine tackles. And Cameron Hayward Have a day. had two on himself. Nine tackles for Shazier. Coming off, he's maybe he's finally healthy after being hurt for a lot of this year. And really that's all we got going on. Yeah, it was a,
1: I mean other than I think it was one of those weeks where the rookies, the Ohio State rookies had a had a pretty big impact on their teams and the uh, the veterans didn't do as much. Kurt Coleman had a few tackles, Mike Nugent always in the in the picture but didn't play obviously with the bye week. But uh, a quiet week.
3: Yeah, I think our Buckeye of the week is Bradley Roby. Nine tackles, one sack yesterday for the Broncos. Really the only Took the L, though. Only really bright spot on that Broncos defense last night without a keep to leave. He was asked to do a lot. He was pretty good early on in the game. But that Raiders offense is pretty good, man.
1: Yeah, the Raiders offense, kind of a surprise. Latavius Murray last night went off for the first time. So that'll be it for uh, Buckeyes in the NFL with Tim Tully. And that'll conclude... Our segment today with Tim. Tim, as always, we appreciate you coming on the show. Make sure everybody to tune in on Friday night. Tim and Nate will be traveling with some of the other Scarlet and Gray sports radio guys to Maryland, and they'll be calling uh, the Ohio State Navy basketball game on campus there on Friday night, and then they'll travel over to College Park Saturday to call the football game Ohio State versus the Maryland Terrapin so make sure not to miss any of that
4: hit the quad. hit the quad.